All right, welcome back to the Cinnabombs and the Misfit Pond series, actually. It's a dual series at this point because we got Carlos and Blair back to do the 1960s episode. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for coming back. The first episode was a blast. And and now we're going to delve into the 60s. We're going to figure out the top 10 films in the 1960s. And we actually have a special guest um, from the Misfit Pond Discord. Only $5 to join. Become a patriot. You know, follow follow Carlos's uh, cult of uh, keto, lore, keto, whatever, <laughs> keto heads. <laughs> um, Thank you, sir. Ryan, a.k.a. Rye Bread, dude, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we were talking about how great your backdrop is for for the people that have that are watching this on YouTube. You got a lot of a lot of film uh, appreciation behind you. Mia Goth, Wes Anderson, all that good, good. Oh, yeah. The memorabilia. The memorabilia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you beat me. I like I have no room in my room to go behind like my criterion shelf. So I'm just like. I'm sandwiched into my desk, which is- I did a lot of work trying to I'm like you're on a chair and a crate. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. But um Rye, since it's your first time on the podcast, I guess I'll ask you, like, what's your general taste in movies and how does that play into the sixties at all? If you could uh elaborate on that a little bit so people just get to know you as a film lover. Yeah, um, I think my taste in film has really evolved and it evolves rapidly. There's sometimes that I'm really into like the cheesy, like musical. And sometimes I'm down to just get like really dark and cerebral and just figure stuff out with it. But I think with the 60s, besides it being my highest rated decade, according to Letterboxd, at least. Oh, nice. I think just a lot of my favorite films have just I've just realized are from the sixties. They, a lot of my favorites in general just seem timeless. So I, it's kind of hard for me to like differentiate why it's a sixties thing, but that's mostly yeah. the. Yeah. Maybe Hollywood and even foreign films got more daring. And cause it was like right on the cusp of the seventies where things like completely shifted to being more like avant-garde and personal. I feel like the sixties yeah. was like all ramping up to that. I mean, like, if you if you can see Blair's picture, he has like a really wild Czech New Wave movie on. Um, yes, that's, that's like an amazing movie. Um, which I kind of want to do real quick to go around the table and like ask you guys what's something you watched recently that that really stuck with you. And I have one movie I'll talk about really quickly, um, which it was part of the Czech New Wave. Um, and I think I found out about it because of Carlos because I think you mentioned it in a few videos. Um, okay. but. I rented the cremator the other day. Oh um, hell yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere, so I had to go to my local library to pick it out. And what an incredible movie. Like oh, stylist yeah, stylistically on another level. So so over the top in the best ways possible and kind of uh nihilistic in the best ways possible and kind of like a great allegory and mirror to fascism in such a cool way. Um, and mm-hmm. our, the lead character is such a shitheel and like kind of his devulsion into like true mania and and craziness is so good and just such an interesting like aesthetic to it. I don't know if you want to speak on it too because I know you're a big and Blair and any of you guys if you've seen the cremator like I, I thought it was a 10 out of 10. It didn't make my top five. I just wanted to mention it because uh, I really, really loved it. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm flattered that you 
you know, check that film out because of some shit that I said, because like <laughs> that film yeah. is like, like that's one of those films that I just feel like is insanely like overlooked. Like, unless you're like a huge, you know, film Lord, Kino Lord, you don't really know about that movie. Like no one ever talks about it, but it's like one of the most, stylistic and timeless movies that no one ever talks about like in terms of like the editing and the style to it it's presented in a way that like for the 1960s it's just like kind of mind-blowing that it was able to achieve what it did um stylistically in terms of thematic conveyance and like overall presentation like it's a really yeah. dark like as you said it's a really dark and nihilistic movie um pretty much like through and through like this <laughs> there's like no light at the end of the tunnel with that film at all but um yeah it's um it's a very like daring and as I mentioned, um, incredibly stylistic film that, you know, as it hasn't aged like at all. Like from like now on, like people watching it now, they could watch it and like really appreciate it as if it was a modern film. So um yeah, I I fucking love that movie so much. I'm glad you watched it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it will show up on one of your guys' top fives and um, We shall see. I shall I have see. I have a strong feeling, uh have you got have you other two seen that movie by chance? Yeah, I, I love the cremator, although it's been since uh pandemic time since I've uh since I've seen it. I just watched it like on a whim because like Carlos had recently reviewed it. But yeah, I, I I love movies that are just atmospheric and different and dark like that. Absolutely. I and like the set design and sort of the how detached the whole world building of this movie felt kind of like the, his, whatever his like facility where he cremated people felt. So it felt like something out of like Nazi Germany, like kind of imagery you would see like during like fascist dictatorships and stuff like that. So I found that super interesting and like really, really innovative framing and camera work for, for the time as well. So yeah, I had a blast with it uh, in the, in the best way possible, despite being like nihilistic and dark. So um if any of y'all want to throw out another movie you guys watched in the past like week or two that really struck a chord, go for it. I mean, personally, I've kind of been on a bit of a dry spell. Like I've watched a nice handful of movies, but since Metropolis, like ever since I watched that movie, that was like the last movie that I considered to be like, wow, this is great cinema. I've watched like five or six movies since then. And I've kind of just been... Like, yeah, it's good, but not like feeling like I was all that compelled by it. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I watched Charade last night and I wasn't really that huge on that movie either. I know that's like disappointing yeah, to say, but I mean, I liked it. It's one of those things, again, like I like it, but I'm not like in love with it. I don't think I, I don't know. I wouldn't go as far to say, oh, it's like a really great movie. Um, gotcha. But I mean, I recently watched Belle du Jour and I think that kind of ended the dry spell that I was having. Cause I think that's one film that since Metropolis, I could say like, this is a great movie. So yeah, those are some good ones. Those are some good. Uh, I'm shocked that you, I mean, I'm actually, I'm not shocked that you were not as into <laughs> uh, charade because I think last week we talked about Hitchcock and he's not exactly your tempo as a filmmaker. And that charade honestly feels like a major ode to like Hitchcock, like Stanley Donan sort of, wanted to like recapture the Hitchcockian magic, but I, I love that movie also. Cause I like my dad showed it to me as, as well. And I just, I love Audrey Hepburn and stuff like that. So. I mean, there's like things <laughs> about that movie that I do love. Like I love the score. I love Audrey Hepburn. 
Um, I think the quality of that movie, like for this, like in terms of like visual quality, like I don't know if Criteria just did an insane restoration or if it always yeah. kind of looked really good or not. But like the quality of that film is like super crisp, like insanely mm-hmm. crisp for the 60s. The technicolor um, is like seamless. It's like timeless, in my opinion. Yeah. And I also like the I kind of like the third act revelation because um, for the while I thought it was a really obvious who done it. And then it kind of throws a curveball there at the end that I really appreciated. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's things about that movie that I I do appreciate. But like overall, there's things about it. I was like, yeah, didn't really do it for me. But um, yeah, I'm still really glad I watched it and own it, honestly. Hell yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, I actually today um, I'd similarly been having a dry spell just because work and stuff, but I finished up the tale of Princess Kaguya, Kaguya oh, nice. from Studio, Studio Ghibli. That was, and it was honestly, it its approach was so drastically, in my opinion, different than what the studio had done in, in the past. And it just kind of was like slow and meditative and it was pretty good. I just finished it. So my thoughts aren't really there. <laughs> Fair enough. Would you rank it like on the higher tier of Ghibli? I know that's like a really tall mountain of like masterpieces, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like the filmmaking and the animation for um, Princess, in my opinion, definitely ranks in the top um, half of Ghibli films. But I mean, those movies are so like personal to so like many people that I I dare not say what I think is the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I mean, everyone has a different Ghibli number one, which I think is great. And like, I have ones that I think like are technically better than others, like animation wise. But there's other ones mm-hmm. that just hit me more personally. Like, yeah, delivery service and House Moving Castle are just like really personal to me. But then like Spirited Away and Wind Rises are technically better, but they're all it's great. Just, like, you know, they're all incredible. Yeah, and it's just crazy because I only I watched like my first Ghibli movie like two years ago. So like I oh, have wow. none of the childhood attachment or anything, which is that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, because I grew up on Totoro and all the like. My aunt, uh, is she was like traveling all around Japan and stuff, and she fell in love with those movies. So she showed me all of those when I was a kid. Oh so, hell yeah! So I have a deep yeah. I love I love those a lot, and I have posters in my room and oh that's all sick. that sh- all that stuff. Yeah, Blair, how about you? Do you have any uh anything you want to bring up before we get going? It's funny because. I am the third person to have a pretty big dry spell of movies the past like month. Like this, this whole month has been pretty slow, but mm. um, just last night I watched a uh, millennium actress by Satoshi Kon. Oh, nice. That uh. film uh, really blew me away. Like um, so far I love Satoshi Kon, like a, a bunch, like perfect blues on my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but he's never made like, another masterpiece in my opinion until i saw millennium actress and i think this film is like legitimately a masterpiece to me um i can see it not resonating with everybody but the way the story was told like with its editing and animation and the characters which i loved it just it it was really beautiful and moving for me like it was i got a lot of hints of um holy motors and everything everywhere all at once like in, Mm. in terms of like uh that like actress um kind of going through like phases of uh of like of like of like their career and having that interwoven in like the story like 
I definitely think those two films took hints of uh, of Millennium Actress. And uh, yeah, I just, I really recommend this to everybody because this is a beautiful film that I think uh, deserves a lot more. Uh, I don't know, love, I guess. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never, besides Perfect Blue, like I agree with you. Like I was never huge on Paprika. Um, I, I know some people think that's like one of the pinnacles of Japanese animation, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch Millennium Actress because it looks like more of a emotional experience rather than like an intellectual exercise like Paprika. It was like so damn confusing and like high concept. It's not as easy and and I guess like resonating as the other. But yeah, that's a great recommendation. I think I, I might watch that this week. Yeah, you should. It's a it's a very low commitment and um. I, I just really love how like this one was so different in tone. It's so much lighter than uh than Perfect Blue. Um and it and it uses mm. a lot of like the same editing styles and techniques as Perfect Blue, but it doesn't use them in the same like effects. Like it's different. It's very different, obviously. I don't know. I just love this movie. It became like an automatic favorite of mine. Holy shit. Yeah. I've been meaning to ask you, Blair, like, do you like Mamora Hasoda? I think I'm pronouncing that right. He directed Bell, Mariah, and like Wolf Children. Okay. That- um I okay. I think the only film I've seen from that director is Bell. And mm-hmm. that's one of my least favorite movies of last year. <laughs> oh Damn. shit, really? Yeah, I uh I'm a, I'm a huge weeb for anybody who is not familiar with me, but <laughs> I did not like Bell at all. I thought it was really lame. Like the animation <laughs> the animation's cool, but that yeah. the story and the execution is like I don't know like it's cringe. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, cringe. It ironically, is kind of cringe. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> I was Sorry. a big fan of that movie, but also I was that's my first for that director, so I was just kind of amazed by how it looked, and I kind of like ignored how cookie cutter the plot was. So maybe I, mean, I was I, under I, I was under that spell. The animation is kind of is kind of cool. It's very slick and I love the way colorful. It looked, yeah. And yeah, I love the music too. Even it's though it's more yeah. the fact that I made my friend drive 45 minutes downtown to go see it in IMAX and it was like $25 a ticket. <laughs> that was Oh my god. See yeah, yeah. that's that that's that that, that would make me sad. Too, yeah. That that's yeah, a I was like bro. <laughs> IGN said this is supposed to be good. What the fuck? That's like me and Carlos. Watch Mojo said this was great. <laughs> That's like me and Carlos driving to see Vox Lux. We drove to Atlanta to watch that, oh, and yeah. it was not fucking great to us. Yeah, that was that such was a hard. disappointment. That Vox Lux lame. is a weird, weird movie. Is that the Natalie Portman <laughs> movie or am I tripping? Yeah, it's no, Natalie yeah. Portman. Brady Corbett directed that. And it's crazy because, like, at the, especially at the time, like Blair and I were, we were giving apparently a hot take saying that it wasn't that good. Really? Everybody else was saying that it was like amazing. I got so much oh, shit no. for the review I did. They're like, oh, such a fucking good movie, no, that's, man. That's. Uh... <laughs> Natalie like, Portman is like laughably. Her performance is so <laughs> over the top, and her accent's hilarious in that movie. I've never <laughs> Super New York, and like, yeah, it's not. And even it's not like a great the, film. the story and the structure, I feel like it doesn't really offer much. Like, it's just weird. It's a weird movie to me. Like, I don't it know. Is. It is a weird movie. Yeah. It's a very we live in a society type movie because like, all of it's like <laughs> it's hitting like 1999 themes and shit. Like, it's very it's very outdated. Um. But anyway, I'm going to change my avatar to Bell because I'm Team Bell <laughs> in the Discord. So look out for that. Um, nice. 
I'll yeah, don't let me it. don't let me ruin it for you, please. That's I just thought you were gonna be like, oh yeah, hell yeah, Bell's awesome, but I, I didn't know you. Were. <laughs> I'll yeah. probably never watch Bell for as long as I. Could, oh God, Carlos, you would not like it. You would not Carlos like it at all. It. I never had any interest in it, and now just everything that Blair said just kind of like like vindicated <laughs> my 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 me not having any interest in it. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I, <laughs> you know when I saw that movie, it was everyone in the theater was like singing along. We were really into it. I'm I'm shocked. Damn. I thought I mean, you're, like a, oh. you're not the only one, man. Like that movie has a lot of fans, like a lot. I hear I've heard yeah. that movie like discussed all the time, but mm-hmm. you know. It, it's funny because like I was so excited for it. And then our friend Mike was like, Oh, this movie is fucking lame. I'm like, bullshit. No fucking yeah. way. It's gonna be I a te- great. Movie. I texted Mike. I'm like, what the fuck's with your bell rating? And he, <laughs> he was like, sorry, man. It's uh, yeah. So I'll stick by it. I'll stick by Bell. Um speaking of which, actually not this is no the no way to segue this, but we're gonna talk <laughs> about 1960s films now. Hell yeah. Um so just to recap, last time we just kept we kept kind of like switching off to do our top fives. So we start with five and go to one. And by the end of this, we're going to de- deliberate and just decide what are the top 10 films of the 1960s. And I think like the main rule that we ca- that we kind of decided last week was that all the number one films that we choose will be automatically be in the top 10. Right. Because we thought that yeah. was only fair because like that's like our undisputed pick, like our favorite movie of the decade. So, yeah, I think um, that's fair. Yeah. And I was looking back and our list. I, I really thought our list was solid looking back, even though like we had a lot of gaps in the 50s. So I feel like this will be even more tough to choose. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Dude. And then and so on and so forth. Every decade is going to get tougher. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll start with number five. Uh, Rye, since you're our guest, do you want to kick us off? Do you start with your number five of the uh, 1960s? Yeah. Um, for my number five, I picked a film from 1964. It is a Japanese film that I actually only ever watched because of uh, Carlos and his reviews on it. Yeah. But um, I, picked, um, <laughs> I picked Onibaba by Kenichi Hey, Shindu. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely going to be my number five. It, it had to be in the top five. Like, I can't really back it up too much, but it it felt right to put it there. Hell yeah, dude. You'd love to hear it. <laughs> That's the same director that did like Kuroneko and Naked Island, right? That's yeah, Naked yeah. Shindo. Kenita Shindo. He's someone I haven't seen any movies from, but he seems like a super promising, like oh underappreciated Japanese filmmaker. Holy shit, dude. You got to watch yeah. some of his movies. Because like Naked Island is in my was going to be in my honorable mentions as well, okay. because, which is very un, a non Ryan type movie. But when I watched <laughs> that, it, it was great. That's cool. Awesome. That's a great way to kick it off and go in automatically across overseas. Um, <laughs> I I'll do my next because it kind of fits a little bit because it's also a Japanese film. Um, this is a movie I came across randomly just like back when Filmstruck was a thing and it was one of those art house recommendations, but it, it turned out being one of my favorite films of all time um, or at least of the sixties. Um, it's woman of the dunes, woman in the dunes. Oh, hell yeah. Um, mm. Which, uh, which it, it's a very, it, it is like an avant-garde piece of filmmaking for sure. Like a lot of the editing choices and the, the framing choices are very, 
very uh ahead of its time in my opinion um but i found it to be like a very very deep psychologically like penetrated movie um so sort of about alienation and uh kind of relationships being affected by alienation and kind of this this zoo animal quality of these people being trapped together in this pit um it's kind of just like a mindfuck of a movie and some of the some of the most innovative filmmaking from that decade, if, if you ask me, and like incredible, I, I do not remember their names, but the two leads in the movie are just spectacular. And and yeah, like I that's a movie I watched like four or five years ago, with, and I still think about it to this day sometimes. Like certain shots and moments of that movie. Um, so yeah, that's that's my number five. Um, which I think Carlos, you mentioned, like it's it was tough to wrestle with that number five spot because of all the the fucking all the movies out right outside of it so you got to go with the heavy hitters yeah um so yeah carlos you want to what's your number five absolutely all right so precursor for my list i picked one director per film so like you know if i pick you know if i actually went with my absolute favorite films despite the director this might i feel like my top five would be kind of boring so (laughs) um just don't expect multiple films from one director basically um all right so with my number five okay like jake said this shit was torture like to pick the number five it was devastating like i spent at least like over half an hour just trying to figure out who i would give the number five spot Mm -hmm. um but after a lot (laughs) after spending a lot of time analyzing you know, personally, what resonated the most and what I appreciate more out of the film, I decided to go with the hero from Satyajit Ray. Um, oh, wow. You've brought that up a few times on the podcast already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, I brought this up, I think, like the most underrated criterions, was it? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, what can I say, dude? Like, I really, really love this film. And in terms of Satyajit Ray's filmography, this is one you know, clearly that like a lot of people don't really talk about often. Um, you know, it's a film that like I never heard of in in regards to Sajid Ray. Like I always hear about the Apu trilogy, the big city, um, right. you know, Devi. Like I hear about all those movies, yeah. but this one had Music never room come up. And, yeah. Music room, yeah. This one had never come up. And it's, you know, ironically the first film that I watched from him and it fucking blew me away on all phases. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, it can be compared to films like Fellini's Eight and a Half, um, because it's a very like, you know, um, kind of like a self-meditative kind of film that kind of like it's basically the filmmaker analyzing himself and his life in a way and the industry that he belongs to. Um, uh, but yeah, like this film and so many like aesthetically direction wise. It is timeless as all hell. There's dream sequences in this film that are just like mind blowing for the time, in my opinion. Um, you not only are they like visually stunning, but like in terms of like symbolism, I think it's very telling and really compelling. Um, the story and the characters are compelling, and what like the character resolutions and the dynamics that result in the third act, I think, are really really great. Um, but yeah, like this is a film that even like when it comes to social themes is like progressive and ahead of its time. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I absolutely love the hero. This is one of my favorite films of all time. I uh, can't wait to watch more Ray films. Um, I feel like I'm going to love every single thing that this guy makes. So, 
yeah the hero excellent excellent film great pick that, that kind of re- reminds me of last episode because you were riding hard for Panther Panchali, even though you haven't seen it. So I feel like that your love of that movie kind of propelled <laughs> you to be like to ride hard for Sachia Ray, which is great. Yeah, like, dude, I had never seen that Pooh trilogy, but I was like, please include it in the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did. I love that movie. Um, isn't it a large portion of the hero take place like on a train? Yeah, that's kind of like the framing device sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like 80, 80 to 85 percent of the movie takes place on a train. So yeah, I love that. I mean, obviously, like it takes a lot of talent and skill for not only from a writing perspective, but for a a director to like, obviously, like make something that takes place in one location so compelling and span it out for a feature length film. And yeah, obviously, that's the case Mm -hmm. with the hero. So that's that's another little caveat to it. That's really like admirable. Mm. Absolutely. My roommate Brennan's going to be happy. That's like one of his favorite (laughs) movies as well. So. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I need to get on it ASAP. He has the criterion too, so I have no excuses left. I'm just going to I'll watch it ASAP. Um, Brendan is based. Brendan is based. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Blair, I'm, I, I can't wait to hear your number five. Okay. Um, I'm very curious if any of you really considered this for um, for your for your list, but I'm going to go with a three-hour epic by a director we all almost all of us loves uh oh. andre tarkovsky oh by the and the, the film name is andre rublev hell yeah dude uh nice, nice. in my opinion tarkovsky has three masterpieces stalker the mirror and um andre rublev and to me rublev definitely like sticks out in his filmography um it's definitely his most like uh, i guess you want to say like conventionally it's just like most almost conventional film. Like there's not like a whole hell of a lot of like dream sequence editing or, you know, that, that he's like known for. Mm-hmm. It's more or less about this, uh, about this um, painter. I, if, if I'm remembering it correctly, who has like this, like fucking crazy odyssey. Uh, Tarkovsky like does a brilliant job of like really placing you in that time frame and you have to like give your patience to the film, but it it does a great job in like rewarding rewarding you with like a really great immersion. And um, there's like scenes in this in this film that just surprised me, like how fucking crazy. Like you would have to plan this shit out. Like there were sequences that like reminded me of like something out of like a like a Kurosawa's like Ran or There Will Be Blood. Like in oh, terms awesome. of fucking set pieces, like the set pieces <laughs> in this film are insane um and yeah i mean i got i gotta rewatch it i think it's one of those movies like where if you've only seen it once like you haven't like fully seen the film i'm not trying to sound like pretentious it's just like there's a lot to unpack in this movie you got you but but yeah um andre rublev from tarkovsky is my number five sweet um I actually haven't seen andre rublev that's the one tarkovsky that i have left to see out of his filmography um and actually one of my honorable mentions this might be funny to you guys but i had ivan's childhood as one of my honorable mentions because i i think that's an incredible movie that's uh, the only but, one i haven't yeah. seen i haven't oh, seen really? it yet either yeah but i i guarantee andre rublev is a is a much better pick to have on this top 10 list so i'm glad <laughs> you brought it up um so yeah that's all of our number five so far it's a really good start uh rye your number four, please. All right. So this was a last second uh, 
switch from what my initial number four was. But um, I think personally, my number four is this is an old VHS and with so excuse me, but it's uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane with uh, nice. Joe Crawford and Betty Davis, directed by Robert Aldridge. It is insane what they like the behind the scenes drama and the chaos that was the making of this film. And the performances just show absolute unadulterated insanity for like two and a half <laughs> hours. And it's like these, like your grandma's favorite actress playing yeah. an absolute insane <laughs> bitch for two and a half hours. And it's pretty great. It had some Oscar, uh, uh, two Oscar nominations and I think two wins. Uh, it's really great. And it's like campy, but still actually pretty scary. It's a, for some context, it's a horror film about um, two aging film actresses that live in this mansion and their sisters. And one's really jealous of the other one for some like for all her fame. And then an accident happens that leaves one of them in a wheelchair and to the disposal of their sister. So it's uh, very insane. But that's definitely going to be my number four. Amazing. Two yeah. Hollywood icons starring in that movie. It's crazy that they were in the same. It sounds like a really whacked out movie for like Hollywood ro- royalty, you know? So that's cool. For sure. That, that they made that film. Yeah. That's a film that yeah, I've heard a- about for quite some time, but I still haven't picked it out yet. But I'm very, yeah. I'm very interested. Same. Yeah. And same. I mean, like, definitely not during the times that either the actresses, the lead actresses were in a good position in Hollywood. They weren't doing big roles anymore. They were aged out. And it, the film kind of created a genre, like a very niche genre of um, old lady crazy characters, like horror movies about like <laughs> aging, being old, mm-hmm. like with like crazy women playing them. Like Joan Crawford went on to do this movie called Berserk, where like the posters her with a battle axe or something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it started something, I guess. Yeah. Wasn't there a movie with Audrey Hepburn? It's like Wait Until Dark, where it's kind of like oh. a really insane thriller. I think that came out in the 60s too, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. it did. I I, oh, I know of it mostly because they turned it into a play in London, I think. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, there's some crazy shit in the 60s. You just got to look for it. Totally. I think that's a great way to define the decade, honestly. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the movies we mentioned are like cult films or obscure movies so far, so... Yeah. Um, you got to look hard, I guess. Um, all right, cool. Uh, my number four, I'm going to do actually have a criterion for it right, right beside me. Um, very, very popular film, but it's still one that I, I that's I absolutely adore. Um, it's Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, we got a glare. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, uh, 4K criterion. Um, I absolutely adore this movie uh, in every way. I'm a big fan of Romero, just the way he mirrors societal ills with the zombie apocalypse and you know speaking on race and gender in a really prophetic way and a really really uh really predicting a lot where society would head in terms of like race relations and gender and stuff like that um but in terms of the filmmaking like that movie was done for such an ultra low budget and the location like you were carlos was just talking about single location films like all of that movie takes place within a church and there's like religious allegories and everything um, it's kind of I always compare that movie to like Jaws or like something where it's kind of accidentally like a lot of amazing lore and like things that went wrong that made that movie just so much more iconic than it already is. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like I guess that's like my horror film for this list, because like that 
I had, I considered a few other ones and um, but that, that that was a movie that made me fall in love with horror and like zombies and and Romero as a filmmaker. So I I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I had the pleasure I saw it like projected in thirty five. And see, I, if anyone can, has a chance to see it projected on film, it is like it feels like you're transported in time back to like the late sixties and uh, just like the sort of guerrilla style like filmmaking is just so perfect for that thirty five millimeter experience. So. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my number four in a movie I I greatly adore. I love that uh, film. I think it's really great. Nice. I need to buy it on Criterion. I, I, for some reason, I haven't. Yeah, I, I I also recommend the 4K transfer. It looks phenomenal on Criterion. One of my uh, like blasphemous sins uh, when it comes to film is oh here we I, go. I've never. <laughs> no, it's not as I guess it's not as bad as you think, but I haven't seen the film like in its entirety um i've seen like the beginning um you know with the oh he's coming to get you barbara like i've seen that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know uh everything else i besides the intro i i haven't really seen it so one of these days i gotta i gotta get cracking and watch it same here but Uh, yeah i watched it like four years ago like just threw it on and threw it on on October like and I watched it start to finish and it was really really great yeah genuinely really terrifying like even compared to Romero's other movies and probably the scariest zombie movie for better or worst that ever has been made so um, yeah and like I didn't I didn't have a lot of other independent films on my list either like really stripped down and I always like to include something that's very low budget so so yeah, um, I think it was. I think Carlos was after me. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. All right. My number four is quite a popular one, and I can see this being in at least one other person's top five. But um, my number four is Harakiri. Um, this is a film. What? Who's the director? Um, Masaki Kobayashi. He's also directed the Human Condition movies, which yeah. are. I mean, I've only seen the first one, but that's a masterpiece on its own. I can't wait to watch the other two. Um, but I mean, this film is considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. And obviously, I 100% agree with that. Um, again, it's just one of those things, like as like Ryan touched upon like way early before we even started this list, like a lot of the films that I have in here are in here because of the fact that they're absolutely timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another film that's like, a timeless piece of filmmaking in pretty much every way possible. Uh, the cinematography is insane. Um, you know, the way that the characters are developed throughout the film is incredibly compelling. Um, I mean, the, the, the samurai action sequences are incredibly well-directed. Um, you know, it's kind of a, in a way it's kind of a slow burn, but you never feel this film's runtime, like not a second of it. Like it all just goes by incredibly swiftly um yeah i mean this is a film like if you if you've been putting it off for a long time like now's the time to just like finally take the leap and watch it because it's i'm telling you like you're not gonna be disappointed there's so much that this film accomplishes especially for the time that's gonna fucking blow your mind so please check it out like and again like as i mentioned the fucking camera work like that's just gonna blow your mind too like without a doubt yeah absolutely i second that that's a incredible incredible movie and very emotionally draining, so be prepared for that. It's very uh yeah, that too. Kind of like San- <laughs> like Sancho, what you were saying. It's very uh 
it's heavy. heavy. It's very heavy thematically for sure. Uh, great yep. movie. Uh, yeah, Blair. My um, my number four, like Ryan, is a horror movie that I've only seen once, but it's stuck with me so much ever since. It's I forget the year exact year it came out, but it's Eyes Without a Face. Oh hell yeah! I was hoping mm. somebody would have that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much how many of you have seen it, but like. Oh, I yeah. love it. In terms of like, like older horror films, I was shocked how well this movie fucking holds up. Like it looks gorgeous. Like I, the the restoration from Criterion, like uh, you know, just complements it even more. Like it's really beautiful uh, to to experience, but um, also has like this really gothic feel uh, that I love so much. I, I just love atmospheric movies and especially atmospheric horror movies mm-hmm. and um there's like this really iconic um scene that i don't want to spoil but it is really graphic especially for its time um and they mm-hmm. they show it in great detail and you know the the story has like a interesting hook the um from what i remember it's just like the um the the main character going through like an an accident and she has to like uh it's kind of similar to skin i live in for the for those of you who are aware of that movie like skin i live in is definitely um uh inspired from this film uh yeah i i love this film a lot i think it's pretty brilliant it's probably one of the best horror films in my opinion so totally agree Blair, I, I literally had this at my spot that Night of the Living Dead was, and I I, I changed it last second. Oh, really? Uh, so I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah, and I'm glad I switched it out because I, I really wanted it to be on this list. I, I, I'm i a huge fan of that movie. Yeah, me too. It's fucking yeah. so good. Yeah. So I fucking good. love that movie so much. So good. It's French, right? It's a French horror movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That was... I remember a lot of like directors I love. This was like six years ago. I think it was like Guillermo del Toro and other people were talking about this movie. And that was like the first time I went to the library and like picked up a criterion and brought it home. And I was like, holy shit. Like that's that movie's <laughs> unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it still sticks with me. Um, it's a masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah, I gotta rewatch it. So I good. Totally agree. So good. Rye. Uh so we're on three. Yep which I chose one of Carlos's favorite films of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> I oh. chose Jack Demi's The Umbrellas of Sherboard. <laughs> God, nice. Yeah. Very, very base. Which, uh, contrary to popular belief, is not a 6 out of 10. It's a 10 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> wow. Uh, I just it's think, a 6 out of 10. I'm just kidding. <laughs> man, like... I just mean, how can you watch this film, whether you like musicals or not, and not be just enchanted by the the beauty of it? Like it's it's sad, it's melodramatic, it's completely sung through. It's in French. What more could you ask? <laughs> all film? negatives. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all negatives. But I'm uh, not me. It's a really beautiful film, and um. For all you normies out there, if you like La La Land, <laughs> hit this up. If anyone listening here likes La La Land, they could click out of this video. I do I'm like kidding. La La Land. How dare you? I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, Umbrella's a Sherborg. That's a film that like 
it's one of those things where it's like I can appreciate all of the objective technical qualities of it. Like I think the color pops out at you, the directing and the choreography, all that's great. You know, all the actors involved are talented as hell. But um, just like in terms of both story, well, actually, just a story, character, and like emotional resonance, like I just it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me, unfortunately. And I don't know if like singing throughout the entire film has anything to do with it like i think that's i think that has a factor it into it <laughs> it does um because there's musicals that i like that um well i don't think there's a single musical that sings throughout the entire fucking thing that i actually like but like there are musicals that sing quite a bit like that I do like or something Les yeah i don't fucking like that movie yeah, yeah. I'm not a, <laughs> i like I'm the youtube a... groups of it <laughs> um, i like the goofy singing it but like i don't know like Sweeney Todd is a film that sings quite a bit, in my opinion. Like, it doesn't sing throughout the whole thing. But, like, that movie, I feel, like, so much of the personality through these characters with the singing. Um, like, the singing, to me, doesn't feel, like, static in that movie. But for some reason, with Umbrellas of Cherbourg, it just feels a little, like, flatlined with the emotion. But, obviously, it's a me problem, because everybody else fucking is in love with that movie. <laughs> but I, I still will. I still gave it a... A six out of ten. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a pretty heated debate one time in in the Discord about musicals. That was oh uh, yeah, was I remember that. Guy. I totally wasn't part of that. You weren't. Yeah. I was. I was like the, one of the few people that was saying that musicals rule, and a lot of people were heavily <laughs> against it. But I haven't seen. I told you I was trying to watch Umbrellas of Cherbourg before this podcast, but didn't get. Yeah. I didn't get the chance. But I, I will watch. For, I will for you. Oh, yeah. I watched it for the first time this month, and yeah, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's really oh, great. Yeah. Have you guys, yeah. Rai, have you seen Lola by Jock to Me? I have not seen Lola by Jock to Me. That's a, ma- a beautiful movie. That's I've seen that in Docky Skin, which I, I just love both of those. But I still I have to watch Donkey the musicals. Skin. So good. Shout out, shout out Charlotte. Made have me <laughs> watch uh, Donkey Skin. It was sick. It's and so umbrellas. good. Is is great and Young Girls is pretty good. I enjoyed that one, but I haven't seen Lola yet, so I definitely will. I think anyone could really enjoy Lola. It doesn't have any like it's not a musical. It's more like a interwoven character study of a really sweet, really great movie. If you're depressed, I recommend you watch that movie. Oh, okay, I'll get right on. Are we watching it? That was a cry for help moment right there. (laughs) You're depressed as fuck like me and everyone here. (laughs) Uh, It just comes out of me. Oh, God. Um, Speaking of movies that will cure your depression, though, I I truly think that my number three, um, this is like this is my most basic film on this list, um, I would say. But it's it's just a movie I adore. I have a poster of it uh, right above my TV. Uh, it's Billy Wilder's The Apartments, um, mm. which this is my favorite Billy Wilder film. Um, I know last time I said I haven't seen Sun- Sunset Boulevard yet because Carlos mentioned that one, which is which is kind of heresy. But this movie is this is a movie I saw when I was I was really dreaming about being a filmmaker. And this kind of made me really want to be a screenwriter because this this is, I think, maybe my favorite script in any film ever. It's just so charming, witty, smart, dark beautiful romantic it, it like hits every possible fat set of emotion you could possibly think in one movie uh jack lemon shirley mclean are so sweet together and i think 
I think genuinely, if you don't enjoy this movie and sorry, if any of you guys don't enjoy this movie, like I, I would be really shocked because this movie has something for anyone. If you like from ages like eight to like 85, I think this movie's for everybody. Um, it's a great Christmas movie. It's a great if you hate big businesses. This is a great movie. Um, and yeah, I think this is Billy Wilder's uh, magnum opus from what I've seen so far. And I, I might have a feeling that one of you guys is, might bring up another Wilder on this list. But uh, yeah, The Apartment. Have you guys seen? Do you like it? I love that movie. Okay, good. Have you ever seen it? Never seen it. Oh, damn. I thought I'm shocked. Two out of four. Okay. I I thought at least Ryan would have seen it. Yeah. yeah, I love Sunset Boulevard a lot. Oh, yeah. Masterpiece. That helps. Or close to a masterpiece. That made our top 10 of the 50s. So, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. But uh, I I tried the apartment once and I think I was just a little too like, ADHD to keep up with the immediate fast-paced dialogue because yeah. I wasn't doing it yeah. yet. But now I feel like I'm used to it. I could I could get into it. I cool. tried the apartment. I escaped. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the apartment is probably like it's probably my third favorite Billy Wilder because I'd put Sunset Boulevard and Double Indemnity above it, but it's still really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those they're all ma- <laughs> they are all masterpieces for sure. Like I can't. I can't fault you for that at all. Um, yeah. Personally, just the apartment is like, it's, it's like exactly my type of movie. So, um, yeah. so yeah, definitely recommend you all watch it uh, on Arrow Video. <laughs> it's a nice hey. transfer. Oh, shit. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a guess. Pretty cool. Yeah. So they're not all <laughs> criterions because I said that before. Um, it doesn't seem I, like an Arrow release. So it kind of surprised me. I know. Right. Yeah, I know. But- it's, it's shocking. Um, uh, I think Carlos, you're number three. Oh, sure. Is okay. up. Yeah. All right. So, somebody in here already named a film by the same director, but it's a different film from that director. And oh, that shit. film is The Naked Island. Oh, wow. Hey. Shinto. Yeah. <laughs> this is a film that, first of all, shout out to Shindo as a director in the 60s. Holy shit. Holy Fucking- shit. Kareneko, Onibaba, and The Naked Island. What a run for the decade. Um, all amazing films. Uh, this is a film that like I've been wanting to watch for such a long time. <laughs> I, re- I recommended it so much in the Discord that it just became a meme. <laughs> and um, like thank I mean, shout out to Pain Raven for uh making it his wheel pick, made it yeah. to where like, you know, I finally got the opportunity to watch this film. And I was blown away by this film. Like it was a hundred percent worth the wait. Um, mm-hmm. Like this is like a visual odyssey in every sense of the word. Um, this is a film that like, yeah, like there's dialogue here and there, but like the vast majority of it is told through visual means. And it's so, so compelling. Um, like the atmosphere and like the landscape and a lot of the emotion and just context of everything that's happening is like realized so incredibly well uh, it's something that you're just like immediately sucked into and it doesn't let go of its grip and it's such it's just a fucking like rooted to reality kind of film that just like in so many ways expresses the state of nature and you know what it is to actually live off the land um you know kind of puts it in like it kind of puts it into perspective what it really means to live in so many different ways. Um, 
and yeah, like there's so many things. I mean, I could go on and on and on about this film, but just like in every single phase of filmmaking, this film is a masterclass. Um, I would definitely recommend this film to anybody at any point. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to be like a film lover to get a lot out of this film. And even if you're like an aspiring filmmaker, like I would, I would point to this film to kind of like, you know, learn how to craft something without really having any dialogue um, that can like send, send the appropriate message to the audience about what you want to make them feel and what you want them to understand. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing film. I, I'm so happy that I own this. I'm so glad that I finally watched it. And again, shout out to Shindo, dude. That dude is a <laughs> artist. That shout dude out is Shindo. A, he shout is an absolute artist, and especially for the 60s, dude. He killed it. Wow. So, <laughs> so that movie, Kuroneko and Onibaba are all in the 60s? Yeah. God damn. That's pretty crazy. Did you have trouble choosing one out of the three, or was it just like easy to pick the naked island? I mean, it was it was a little easy because um the naked island was the only one that I gave a 10 and it was like was absolutely certain. It's like one of my favorites of all time. But the way I would rank it is Naked Island, Onibaba, and then Kuraneko. Um, mm. but they're all fantastic. Gotcha. Well, Shindo's dominating the the list so far. He has two films already. That's crazy. Hell yeah. Um Love it. Blair, your number three. So my number three is another is another Czech New Wave film. I think it's pretty easy to guess what I'm gonna pick. It's Daisies. <laughs> Daisies. Um, Let's go. I, I fucking Damn. love Daisies with all my heart. I saw it like like back in 2018, and I've just God, I I fell in love with it like as soon as I saw, I don't know, like the fucking opening title is even like memorable. And um, yeah, we we love a good girl girl boss movie. <laughs> no, the, 100%. the the editing the editing in this film is pretty goddamn crazy for its time, and even now, it just it it, it holds up really well. It's like I feel like it, it would be easy for some people to be like, oh, the film is just like lol, so random. But I don't get that at all. I I genuinely do love like the kind of a kind of like the tearing down of like these uh, women's expectation and like society and how they're just doing whatever they want. They're just giving in, in, in into their hedonism. Um, not, not in a bad way. Like I, I love it. I'm, it's so satisfying to watch these girls wreak havoc on their environment and on the movie itself. They're literally like invading the movie and breaking and breaking it. And I, it's just so creative it's like it doesn't even really have a plot but the filmmaking is just so fun to watch and creative that like their joy is like really infectious the the main characters or the prototypes if you want to say that like they're just i don't know this film is one of a kind in my opinion and i think it's it's one of my favorite films of all time it's fucking incredible uh yeah if you haven't seen daisies please watch it it's amazing I've yet to see it. One hundred percent. I second that. That film is so much fun, and it's like such a stylistically compelling film too. Like, especially when it comes to the editing. Like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. I remember experiencing that the first time. I was like, "How are they able to edit all this manually in the fucking sixties?" It's in like the sixties. 
Because you know the sixties, like they more than likely had a fucking. I mean, not more than likely. They like pretty much one hundred percent certainty they had to do all that shit manually with scissors. Yeah, and shit. they were mm-hmm. cutting f- strips of film and stuff. Yeah, like I don't know how they. That's and like, the color palette and everything in this movie too is like oh, super ahead of its so good, it's amazing. Yeah, and like, um, it's a. It, it, I mean, yeah, it's a movie like Eric, I mean, like Blair said that it's like, so people can just see it as like obnoxious and random. But for me, like, I don't know. I just had so much like, like once the character, like once I started understanding like the shtick of the characters, I was just like all in for the ride. It's just hundred percent super entertaining stuff. And it is nihilistic, as you were saying, like we were talking about the cremator before. This is like more nihilistic kind of for the feminine perspective, which is so interesting um, for that time. And like really ahead of the curve, in my opinion, like a really, really important movie in the grand scheme of things, like something like Agnes Varda, or other fem- female directors at the time were probably like really inspired by. So, yeah, Absolutely. Daisies is like playfully nihilistic. I know. When like the cremators is kind of like darkly <laughs> nihilistic. Yeah. But, yeah, a man who is like this close away from becoming Adolf Hitler any second. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like on that road. Um, and yeah, I I, I love that movie too. Um, I. I just miss daisies and 35 millimeter though. There was not a day I could go. I was working all the days it showed. Mm. God, yeah. that would have been crazy to see in on film. 100%. I might go, uh, see, cause I've ne- never seen it. I might try to catch it when it's at the Alamo this month. Oh, nice. You should, that, dude. Alamo has so much good shit. They I do. This crazy. They do. Um, hell yeah. I love that major list. Uh, we're getting it wow, we're in the top two now, so these are gonna be spicy. Right, <laughs> <laughs> what's your number two? So I feel like I'm Meryl Streep and Sophie's choice right now because I'm dead ass looking at two like two very different types of films. One is really minimalistic and stripped down like drama. And the other is like this, like how the fuck did they make this in the '60s? Super philosophical, like masterpiece. But oh, it, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be fair if I said that my personal top five wasn't one that I own four different versions of. So I'm actually <laughs> gonna, um, so I'm actually gonna go with Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay, dope. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad to see it. That's awesome. Um, if you would have told me less than two years ago, hey, Ryan, you're going to really like this fucking really long, <laughs> deep, big, big, big brain movie. I would be like, nah. <laughs> but I watched it. And after the third time of me trying to watch it, I just said, fuck it. I'm not watching the ape scene. Skipped right through the ape scene because I'd seen it <laughs> 300 times. Yeah. And then I dove into this film. And when I tell you, it was, it was like, it was actually hypnotic and crazy how incredible Stanley Kubrick's vision and like filmmaking is. So I highly recommend if you're one of those people that still haven't seen this movie because it's long or you're getting new into like getting into cinema, I highly recommend 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was bound to make someone's list. Yeah, I I did not expect it to be yours though. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a pleasant surprise, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good way to cap it. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm also wrestling with my number 1 and 2 right now. Um 
one okay my one of them has already been brought up so that's why i'm i'm kind of wrestling so i mm. think and my number i'm gonna name an honorable mention right now i'm gonna place it in my number two spot because okay i had daisies as my number two oh but, but <laughs> since blair said it it's gonna make the list i think in general because it's it's technically on my list and carlos likes it too so i think it's safe so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring out another movie just because i have so many other ones um and shit, I have the Criterion, but I'm not. I will go. Uh, I'll just talk about it. Um, <laughs> so my number two is Blow Up by Antonio. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that film. Um, uh, it's Antonio is a complicated filmmaker. I haven't really jived with a lot of his other work, but Blow Up is just honestly, I think one of the coolest films ever made. Um, if you don't know the plot, it's basically a man takes a photograph that is kind of mirroring a murder that happened is happening in real life. And he kind of uses that photograph and like his technical skills to sort of uh, piece together the murder. And it's like, it's all about location and, and the image. Um, and if, you've seen, if you've seen blow out the Brian De Palma film, like that's ba- it's ba- they're very similar in plot and structure. Um, one is just more, much more formalized, which is blow out, blow up. A blowout blowout by Brian De Palma is much more like an exploitation um, 80s genre movie. And I, I love them both so much. Um, but Blow Up is just, if you haven't seen it, it's just one of a kind tone. Um, it's super erotic and super jazzy and cool. Um, very, the sets are so 60s and so uh, like Italian 60s, like very classical um, and elegant. And the mystery is just so intriguing to me because it's like, kind of the ideal of solving a murder with the power of image and filmmaking. Um, Cause it is like an allegory for filmmaking being like kind of ahead of the curve and being such a integral part of our lives. Um, and just kind of the capturing of images is so powerful. Um, so yeah, that I, I think this movie is just super influential on so many filmmakers. I know De Palma and like Tarantino and all these people have cited this movie as one of their favorites. Um, so it's a very film schooly choice, but I I, I absolutely adore <laughs> that film. And uh, um, if you haven't seen it, I like watch that and watch Blowout by Brenda Palma. It's like a great, it's a great double feature if you ever want to do one of those. That. Um, I feel like I'm the only one that's seen that in the group, but yeah, <laughs> I just I haven't seen Blowout. Yeah, out. I've seen Blowout. I love Blowout. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do too. Blowout's one of my favorite films of all time. So. Um, but blow up is like, if not just as good, but more like it influenced like that whole wave of like conspiracy crime, like thrillers like that. So, um, yeah, but also really the spot goes to daisies cause daisies is a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> just want to add in more to the pool, you know? So oh, yeah. daisies slash blow out, blow up. Uh, <laughs> alrighty. Carlos. <laughs> is next with your number two. Oh shit. All right. So I don't own this movie, so I can't hold up a copy of it. And the only reason why I don't own it is because there's rumors of like a remastered 4k, like awesome special edition coming out. Um, it's not like official yet, but I'm just kind of holding out for it. Um, but my number two is actually what's upon a time in the West from Sergio Leone. Um, well, Leone. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, 
I have a, I actually like one of my longer reviews is a review I did for Once Upon a Time in the West. I went on and on and on about that <laughs> film. Um, but there's just like so much to talk about in regards to this film. But the thing that really sticks out the most of what makes this film such an entertaining and um, timeless piece of filmmaking is simply the style to it. Like through and through from beginning to end, this film is incredibly stylistic. And you could tell that Quentin Tarantino is insanely inspired by Leone. Um, I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly is probably the better example to point to in terms of like Tarantino's inspiration. But this one's no slouch in regards to that too. I mean, it's such a entertainingly presented movie. Like in every single way possible, Leone finds a way to present a scene in a way that is not only fun, but in a way that you necessarily haven't seen before, especially for the time. I mean, everything from the transitions, the framing, the use of sound design, the use of score as well. Um, again, something that obviously inspired Tarantino, especially the way the score is used. Um, like characters have their own kind of like musical score theme to them. And the way that like when, when characters come on screen, their own like theme song starts playing. It's just like such a fun and riveting piece of filmmaking. And it's like a three hour epic basically. And like, to me, this film flies the hell by. Um, like every bit of this film is just insanely entertaining. All the characters stand out. They have such entertaining and distinct personalities. And again, like the presentation and the style to this film is what really elevates it and makes it one of my favorite films ever made. Um, I love everything about this film. I, to me, this film is clearly a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. I can't recommend it enough. Um, like even, it, I mean, in my opinion, even if you're not huge on the Western genre, this film, I think would be the exception because it's just, presented in such a fun way that um mm-hmm. i think it'd be hard for anybody to be like oh i was bored um yeah. but yeah i i absolutely love this film to death obviously i feel like leone always crossed the barrier for people that don't love westerns i feel like if you don't then you could even enjoy like one good the band the ugly and like the vengeance trilogy and all that stuff i feel like he's really palatable to a lot of film lovers too and i've, I've heard that's his masterpiece i've yet to see it Oh shit! Did you haven't seen yeah. it? Oh, no, I've, I've seen like every other Leone movie too. The, like that, the runtime always scares me, but I just got I got to do it. I mean, people always kind of battle with you know, is it good, the bad, and the ugly, or Once Upon a Time in the West his his like best film? You can't go wrong with either answer because they're basically both masterpieces. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, obviously, man, please <laughs> please check that movie out. I will. I will. <laughs> I think I think you're gonna love it. <laughs> I love Leone so much. Like I, I yeah. thought about uh, good and the bad. The ugly is one of my uh, deep, deep honorable mentions that almost made number five. Cause I, yeah. you could kind of call that like Italian. Cause he's a, like that movie's yeah. dead to hell, you know, like yeah, that, that's the one I was talking about earlier. And, and, uh, and the, and the DMS, I was like, well, technically, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if we go by like the filmmakers, like nationality, technically he's Italian. So I only have, you know, I actually have somewhat a diverse, list in my top five but i'd have two japanese films so there's that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um all right blair you're you're number two now number two Mm -hmm. okay um fuck so i I was wondering again if uh this one was gonna make anybody else's uh list because i think i think it's a pretty big one it's like it's like a kind of a 2001 situation. Uh, <laughs> sure. So I'm going to go with um, Persona 
by Igmar Oh, Burton. nice. Mm-hmm. This is another film You're that I watched me. for the first time. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, it's fine. It's fine. I think we know what's coming next. <laughs> it means you have good taste, Blair. It's okay. I think, uh, yeah, we have similar tastes. <laughs> It's okay. I, go go for it. Go for it. Sorry. I, I saw no. It's okay. I saw it for the first time just this year, and I was like, "There's a lot of expectations, like mm. and hype surrounding mm. this movie. It's going to be pretty hard to live up to it." And miraculously, it did. This film feels so ahead of its time. Um, the editing is. I know. I keep talking about editing this episode, but it's pretty fucking brilliant. Like from the opening credits, I was like, "What the." I was like, I did not expect any of this shit. It's just so <laughs> in- insane. Like I was blown away. <laughs> yeah. Um the performances are all are all stunning. And um I love that it's like a chamber film um where it takes place like almost in all one location. It's very like introspective and has a lot of themes going on. I I yeah. I, I don't even know how to unpack this film. It's it's just to me it's i think it's probably going to be like one of the greatest films ever made like it's i need to rewatch it because it there's a lot going on i i love it though mm-hmm. it's i think it's a masterpiece for sure 100 percent, of course <laughs> um i think that movie's inspired so much too like i i remember watching that for the first time and i kept thinking about maholland drive um and that sort of character dynamic and stuff oh yeah for kind sure. of how, like there's blending together personas in like a very surrealist headspace um and i yeah that that's a movie that like really jump-started my love for bergman and and just kind of classical art house movies was that's that's still the king in in my opinion for bergman me too yeah persona had a lot of sequences that like actually creeped me creeped me Mm. out too i was not expecting that (laughs) yes i did not know about that like those kind of edits and scenes going in really interesting absolutely um well i'm happy it made it again even though it, ru- <laughs> it ruined my top um but so I, got, I got an alt i got a, i got an alternative so um cool sorry no you're good you're i'm glad you picked we have the same like top three i think um <laughs> well we'll see <laughs> uh rye you're number one please all right so my number one I is also I'm gonna try to tie into Persona, but do not think I'm comparing it to Persona. <laughs> but um, it is a chamber piece. It is about uh, has some really incredible acting. I own a CD, book, DVD, and VHS copy of this. Uh, <laughs> wow! Let's go. Laserdisc? Um, you have a laserdisc? I, I might get it. And it, the fact that there's not a criterion for this fucking movie is a goddamn crime. It is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by Oh shit. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, I think that if you're looking for what Hollywood was starting to be capable of doing in the 60s, you could you have to look no further than this than this (laughs) Mm -hmm. film. Uh it's based on a I believe Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award-winning uh stage play by Edward Albee. And its content was so adult and confrontational that the MPAA and Hollywood in general was like, we shouldn't touch this because it's like too profane. And it was one of the early 
um, uses of like a lot of like profanity and just adult topics. And Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton are two are their performances in this are some of my favorites of all time. They are instantly iconic. They're like razor sharp towards one another. Their chemistry is undeniable. And like they had a very infamous relationship together. But I think that this is just like a masterpiece and more people should check it out. It also has like Oscar nomination, like records that they still hold. Uh, Every single character and actor in this film was nominated for an Oscar and two of them won. Oh, wow. So it's just, uh, I don't want to like ramble on and on, but I also like recommend the, as always, the original (laughs) Broadway cast of things go back to the way that they were done first. Uh, and also read it because it's fucking great. But yeah, that's my number one. Did uh, Mike Nichols and Elaine May write that script? Um, so actually, it was Edward Albee's initial script for the play. And then Mike Nichols, I believe, just um, wrote the screenplay based on the existing dialogue. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. And that's like, that's right before he directed The Graduate, right? Was that uh, before? I- I, you know, I actually haven't seen The Graduate, so I don't even yeah. know what year. But 60, I know, 67, I think it came out. Yeah, so I guess yeah. um, Virginia Woolf came out in uh, the 60s. I don't know. Either way, I was, my point was that he had a crazy decade, too. Like Absolutely. Mike Nichols. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm also ashamed I haven't seen that movie. It was on my homework, and I didn't get to it. But It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's weird that there's no criterion for that movie. I feel like it's a very foundational like classic in the 60s yeah i don't know what else it has to do like there's not even a really good blu-ray of it like i have the dvd (laughs) yeah that's rough man (laughs) like i have it on vhs and cd and i don't have a blu-ray it's ridiculous criterion-esque yes yeah you gotta like send a send a note to criterion like a fan letter and be like what the fuck like literally what the fuck yeah. And it's not even being rumored. Like, there's not shit for it. Interesting. Yeah, I remember Rye uh, requested that to me, like, way back in the day when I used to do the uh, $50 page requests. And uh, I reviewed it, and I really enjoyed it. thought it was awesome. Yeah. Everything Rye said was accurate. Hell yeah, except for the rating, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. But even, <laughs> even then... Seven. No. Even then, <laughs> even then, it's still... It's still great. I agree. Yeah, even then, I, I I understand why somebody would be absolutely in love with it, though. It's just so great. Yeah, it's just it. like it's almost to the point that like any theater gay knows who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. <laughs> any educated theater gay knows like if you existed, I swear I'd divorce you. Like just iconic mm. shit like that. It, I've like, heard that. Yeah, it's theater just gay. it's just great. If you want to watch, <laughs> if you have any trauma. <laughs> about parents mm. arguing and like eight like all that stuff hop in who's afraid of virginia wolf and yeah. terrorize yourself for two and a half hours yeah <laughs> be therapeutic that would yeah, be like maybe people always say liz taylor like that's one of the greatest performances of all time i am absolutely. absolutely wow that's that so that has a that has a spot in the top 10 since it's your number one so Congrats to Mike Nichols and all them for that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so okay, my number one. I hope I hope I'm not stealing this from Blair. <laughs> we'll see. If I did, I'm so kinda, curious. It's revenge for the other two. I'm so curious. Um, but so my number one, it's a movie I saw for the first time uh last year on film in a theater, and it it blew me away on every every level that a film could blow me away. It is Al Hazar Baltazar. Okay, thank God it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense was killing me. Okay. Um, this is my favorite Brisson film uh by far. And I I I have a soft spot for animals in film to begin with. So kind of following this donkey as it kind of I guess drifts between families and different owners. You know, some are drunks like like the father that he ends up with but there's also like the young girl who's trying to find her place in the world it kind of encompasses the you know seen through the eyes of the donkey encompasses like every shred of humanity like the good parts and the awful parts Mm. um and it's just such a profound film overall and like not as depressing as other brasson films there's like some dark comedic elements in the characters and in their relationships and how complicated they are and how how some people just devolve into like really sad and depressed human beings and i found it like comforting in some ways um because it felt even though it's a 60s film like the characters felt like they could exist in our modern world and um i i think brisson is like sees human beings in a very interesting way like the way he photographs them and portrays them on film like he almost sometimes sees them as like robots like like if you watch a man escaped or pickpocket like they're very mechanical like his filmmaking the way he blocks stuff but like Alhazal Baltazar is like a very humane film and a very down to earth um if not super depressing um and yeah and i th- i think if i were to choose like that would be my favorite best film of the of the french uh new wave i guess if you can call it if it's still part of that but uh i'm in love with that movie and i need the criterion asap <laughs> Because I, I want to watch that movie once a year. Um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't steal it from Blair. <laughs> <It's>, I, I, <laughs> I love that you and Perry love the the movie so much. Um, I do love the movie, but it didn't make my top five, obviously. Yeah, yeah. that's a I relief. Thought was, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I've never what a seen. shocker! <laughs> it's a number. It's going to make the list either way. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's my favorite. If not, I mean, if besides Persona and Daisies, <laughs> those were the top <laughs> spots. But yeah. what are you going to do, uh, Carlos? You're number one. I have a feeling I know what it is, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, this one is uh, pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> I, it, it sucks that, you know, I couldn't be more unpredictable with it, but I'm sorry. But I mean, 2001: A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick. Um, hey. I mean, what can I say? I mean, I mean, objectively, this is like obviously, like you have to say, like even if you're not the biggest fan of it, like and technicality of like the skills that were required to bring this film to life for the time being is like undeniably insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like on a on a personal level, like <laughs> on a personal level, this film um just fucking blows me away i mean this is a mind-blowing achievement in filmmaking and to me is arguably up there at least in the top five greatest films ever made um i mean like it's it's everything like it's it's artful 
it's entertaining it's philosophical it's existential it's evolutionary thematically and both its place in cinema history um yeah like there's just so much about this film that is so compelling i watched this in an imax screening a few years ago and i think to this day that is the best cinematic experience i've ever had um it's just such a trans like this film just transports you unlike any other especially like witnessing it on the big screen like that um and again like this film in every single way possible is just so enriching and so compelling like thematically and you know how it expresses the um uh uh technological advancement of the human race and how we've evolved and, and how we will continue to evolve in ways that um well, more than likely be our own demise, I think is just like demonstrated in such a compelling way. Um, and obviously like the effects and the cinematography, the production design, all that shit. It's just like, I don't know, dude, I have no idea how they were able to pull this off. Stanley Kubrick is a freaking evil genius. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he could pull off the moon landing, he pulled this off really well. <laughs> True that. Um, but nah, um, yeah, I, I fucking love this film just so much through and through. Everything about it to me is absolutely perfect. Um, and I, and I, mean, I mean, as I mentioned, this film's like insanely artful and, and interpretive on top of it just being really engaging. Uh, I mean, the, the ending is just so batshit insane. I remember the first time I watched it, <laughs> like the first time I watched it, like I knew that like this was considered to be the greatest film of all time. And I wasn't expecting that ending based on that assessment of the film because I thought a film with that like insane abstract of an ending, I thought would be more divisive. But apparently like Stanley Kubrick was able to pull off something so abstract in a way that like everybody could kind of like be compelled by, which is something that's insanely difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, fucking love this movie to death. I mean, this film's been talked to death already by everybody that's ever existed, but still a fucking amazing movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I saw that movie projected on 70 millimeter one time and it's like oh, yeah. it was exactly what you were saying about being transported to another dimension and yeah. and having like the two hours, whatever, two, two and a half hour runtime just fly by because you're kind of entranced. Um, and yeah, that's one of my favorite Kubrick's and kind of kind of like last episode, I knew exactly that I knew people were going to bring it up. So I, I just didn't even bother. <laughs> put it on my list because it's it's a masterpiece and like everyone and that kind of goes for all the Kubricks you know um, yeah. I feel like any one of them can make the list um, so yeah I probably would have put Dr. Strangelove on the list if uh, if you know I didn't give myself the rule of only including one film per filmmaker <laughs> <laughs> alrighty um, so Blair we got yours and then we'll move on to the the final 10. All right. Um, I'm curious if this is going to be a shock to anybody, but uh, honestly, I, I, this is the one I definitely thought about the most. Like what is my favorite of the sixties? And that spot is undoubtedly for me going to go to Rosemary's baby from our our favorite director, Roman Polanski. (laughs) Such a good guy. Our favorite human being. No, I, if you were to honestly ask me like what is the best horror movie of all time i rosemary's baby to me like might be like number one i adore this film i 
really think it's brilliant. And I've only seen it twice, but like this is the film I find myself thinking about like a lot. It was such a like uncomfortable, uncomfortable, visceral, and unnerving experience. Like especially for the first time. Um feeling like Mia Farrow's like plight during the movie and everything she struggles for is really like anxiety inducing and disheartening um and not to mention all the performances in general are really great like this film also stars John Cassavetes who plays a really great (laughs) douchebag yeah um and like okay I don't think this is like spoiling the experience but like there's the hints of like it's kind of um I don't know paranormal it's more like an undertone it's not like prevalent in the film it's very implied well the ending is like divisive um won't get into it really all I'll say is like I I love that ending um but I know Carlos is a big fan of it, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I personally just legitimately think this film is brilliant. Like every aspect of filmmaking, um, it, it is like kind of kind of reserved. Like there's no like I don't know like batshit crazy <laughs> moments until like the very ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the this film is incredible in its subtlety and its screenplay and acting and mm-hmm. directing and mm-hmm. God, it, this is a incredible film it's my favorite so rosemary's baby hell yeah part of why it's so brilliant too is what you were saying how it kind of it restrains itself to the very like final 30 minutes and it's a lot about what you're saying like atmosphere and like kind of a uh, slow burn aspect to it where it's very there's a lot of red herrings yeah yeah and there's it's kind of like a mystery up until like the final 30 minutes um and yeah, like it's like you feel like kind of penetrated by her surroundings and everything. It's just so mm-hmm. it's just brilliantly done by by a director who I will not name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's a great pick. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna read all of our lists again one more time, and I'll probably throw a little graphic up on screen, and then we can get into the top ten list. So. Our guest Rye, Ryan, Rye Bread. Uh, his top five is Oni Baba by Takiko Takiko Shindo. I put your that bad. Takito Shindo. Takito Shindo. Takito. He started Takito. He started Takito Company after directing, right? Perry Perry's a big fan. I hear Shindo. I I can't pronounce shit at all. It's it's one of my defects. Uh, what happened? Whatever happened to Baby Jane at number four? Umbrellas of Cherbourg at number three, two thousand one at two, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf at number one? Uh, Carlos, uh, the Hero at number five by Sachi at Ray, Harakiri at number four. Number three is The Naked Island. Number two is Once Upon a Time in the West, and number one is Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, which is going to be very high on the list because it made two people's lists which is the first time that's ever happened which is crazy um <laughs> blair's list number five andre rublev rublev number four <laughs> eyes without a face number three daisies number two persona number one rosemary's baby um and mine's all over the place because i had all these honorable mentions but the real list is woman in the dunes <laughs> night of the living dad the apartment daisies at number two and al hazal baltazar at number one um, yeah. 
and persona like a deep number six. Um, so <laughs> I guess we'll do the final list, which I'll start with all of our number ones making that list. So Virginia Wolf is for sure in there. And then Carlos 2001, uh, Rosemary's Baby, and Balthazar, which might be controversial to some, but. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we got to decide six through one for the six through one spots. Um, I think, I mean, hmm. Blair and I both had daisies on there, so mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it seems a, like a safe pick. That's, that's automatic. Fair. And I think that Carlos liked it at least, so. Yeah, I like. I loved it. Uh, yeah, you had great things to say about it, so yeah. I feel like that's for sure. Let's start with the Rise list. Um, we already have two of them on there. Yeah, um, I don't think Umbrellas is gonna make it. I'm sorry because we haven't seen it, and Carlos that's gave, it a, gave it a soft six out of ten. <laughs> Damn, I um, wish I threw an honorable mention because no, no, no. Some- you, you had two films make it already. That's pretty great. Oh no, uh, no, no, not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, you're welcome to. If we if we run out of movies, you definitely can. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby Jane. I, I sadly, none of us have seen it. Nah, it's chill. Um, uh, but I'm glad you brought it up because I really want to see it. Only Baba, I haven't seen, but I feel like you and Carlos uh, both vouch for that film pretty heavily. So I feel like that could be in consideration. So I'll oh, put yeah. an asterisk on that one. Uh, Carlos's list. You know, 2001's on there. Once upon a time in the West, like have you have you guys Blair, Rye? Would you like go to? Bat I'm for that? I'm not crazy about that movie. Oh no. my god! I've never. <laughs> <seen>. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I can't vouch for it. It's fine. I, I I never I never expected that one to make the final ten. Um, but what about like, what about fucking Harakiri? That was I was just gonna get to that. Um, <laughs> the Naked Island, I haven't seen. I would Whatever. vouch for it. I do love the Naked Island, yeah. Okay, I would asterisk that one. Howard Curie, see, that's what I was gonna say. That's that's the one from your list. I would for sure, like that one. That one is like almost like an essential when it comes to sixties. Like I know, but like, Blair, have you seen it? Which one? Sorry, Howard Curie. I haven't seen that one. Sorry, I I think I think I'm gonna still asterisk it though because I feel like, yeah, I feel like it kind of has to be there personally, but. uh, uh, yeah. The hero, sadly, I don't think I think that's more of like a, a, a personal, pick. personal pick. Yeah, yeah. Even I do I love, love the hero, though. I love Ray. Yeah. Oh, you love it, too? Yeah, you I love, I love the hero. Yeah. I'll asterisk it. These are like maybes right now. They're not for sure because yeah. we, we have a lot to go through. Uh, Persona, I think might have to go on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I agree with Persona. I'm just, I'm just gonna go and throw it on the list because um, we all were like, yeah, unanimously like in love with that movie. Daisies is already on the list. Um, Eyes without a face. How about that? Because like we all kind of. The thing is, all... like, I love that movie, but I have like some honorable mentions that I would put above that, like, Damn. like the Cremator. I think deserves to be on this list, even though it's not even in my uh, top five. That was my honorable mention as well, but. I don't know how many have you all seen the cremator or yeah nah yeah I, I oh. love I thought it was it's a ten out of ten but also I, th- I also think eyes without a faces oh, okay, okay. Uh, I I do love I the thought... cremator as well um no I'll, I'll read the cremator down though because I think that is a chance what about Andre Rublev I I have no 
I have no place in that. I argument. have no ball. I did think it's a great movie, but I wouldn't put it in the top 10 of the 60s personally. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say that I was surprised that uh, Psycho didn't make anybody's list. I know that that was an honorable mention. And I I talked about Hitchcock last time, and I feel like it didn't go Mm -hmm. like my way at all. So I I haven't seen seen the Psycho. Oh, the Psycho. So good. Psycho. (laughs) You've seen Gus Van Sant's remake of Psycho? Uh, (laughs) No. um, No. That's okay. Um, can I go I through mine? A... I need to go through mine real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, go okay. ahead. Yeah. Um, Baltazar is already on there. Daisy's already on there. Um, I don't know if any of y'all would go to bat for the apartment, but uh, that was also kind of a personal choice. But I don't it know. It is we a really great movie, though. I don't have any, any comedies on here yet. So, but okay, I feel like it's that or Woman in the Dunes would make the list. Like, mm, with... like I love Woman in the Dunes. Yeah, I put too. the. I put the I apartment. Either, Ooh, so. I put the apartment over Woman in the Dunes. Shit. We'll come back. We'll come back to the. We'll choose. <laughs> we'll choose this later. <laughs> were you sorry? Were you going to say, Carlos, about your uh, honorable mentions? Um, I'm trying to see. Am my honorable mentions the only ones that I could see making it? Like in terms of what we all agree is great. Um. Shit. Honestly, I don't know if there's any more left because. I think a lot of these y'all haven't seen, like um, uh, Funeral Parade of Roses. Mm. Oh, I, I want to see that. I want to watch it so bad. That's a, by the way, my, I was battling with my number five spot with the hero, the cremator, Persona, and Funeral Parade of Roses. It was like me trying to pick between <laughs> all those fucking movies. Obviously, I went with the hero, but mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I have here. What about, have y'all seen, um, have y'all seen Battle of Algiers? That's I was just about oh. to say. That's in my honorable mentions too. I would, I would highly consider putting that on. But oh, it sounds man. like Rye hasn't seen it. And I Blair, haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I have the Beatles I, Yellow Submarine. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> nice, nice. You have the what? The Yellow Submarine, the Beatles. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Um, Still haven't seen it. What about yeah, yeah, uh, I Am Cuba? Holy shit! You have the VHS. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> I got it at the Alamo for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, Holy they have God. all their VHSs there. It's they're so sick. Real submarine, baby. Hey. Nice. I haven't seen Still that since I was like a kid. <laughs> well, I'll stop saying my my mentions because I don't think anybody I don't think anything else is gonna really make it. Um, but I, I am Cuba is a fantastic movie. Y'all should watch. I really, I really need to see it. Um, the only honorable mentions I'll throw out was I had Battle of Al- Algiers. Uh, Midnight Cowboy is a film I, I really love. Yeah, that's a good um, one, too. Really great X-rated best picture movie, which is like unheard of these days. Um, I think that's a great film. Um, there's a film by Godard, actually, that I really, really like called Vera Savi. I don't know if you all oh, I have that, that on Criterion. Oh, you do? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think Blair, you'd really love that movie. It, it, it reminds me of like La Strada in certain ways. Oh, because um, nice. it kind of just chronicles the life of this call girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great. Like it would it would it might make my personal like top 10 of 1960s list. But uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll second Carlos and Cremator and Battle of Algiers for definite possibilities. But okay. did y'all uh, Rye or Blair have any honorable mentions that could make it? I know you mentioned Psycho. I um, did. Yeah, I did say Psycho. But honestly, the rest of my honorable mentions are like 
musicals that aren't going to get in, a short yeah. film, another Bergman, and something something else. So I don't really don't really have much to put out. So That's are fair. we doing for this for this top ten list? Are we also doing the rule of like one film per filmmaker thing? Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, I mean, we don't have to. That was your rule, I think, right? I don't. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say like, I mean, Oni Baba would be very <laughs> high up on my. And I know that made Ryan's list, and I would vouch for that any day. So I know. Yeah. I haven't. I just haven't seen it. I, can't I haven't seen it. Seen it. I would way rather have Harakiri. Um, oh, Harakiri should be list, honestly. Okay, I, if you guys have no objections, I'm gonna put Harakiri because I feel like that's fine. If you've I've seen never, the movie, it's like I've you, yeah. Um, Second, sorry. So the other maybes that we have are the Naked Island, we have um, the Hero by Sachi Ray, we have Eyes Without a Face, the Apartment, um, Cremator, Battle of Algiers. That's that's pretty much fighting for the top three spots. I mean, I'd hate to vouch for my film again, but the Naked <laughs> Island, I feel like deserves to be on there. We don't, if we don't have a Shindo film on there. We, we yeah, we don't. Um, and, and that's fair. Much, yeah, yeah. And, and that's loved by three people in here, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause me, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Jake loves it. And Blair loves it. I so. haven't seen Naked Island. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. I love it. Carlos. <laughs> I love it. That's right. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, we could put it in. So like that over Onibaba for sure. Yeah. I would say yeah. so. I feel like my honorable mentions probably won't make it. Oh yeah. I'm right? sorry. What were yours? Go ahead. So I have five, uh, La Dolce Vita, that came so close to coming into my top five. Mm. Um, Cleo from five to seven. Oh, I love that film. La Jete. I know that's a short film, so I was never going like, to actually count Jete it. Yeah, you, you mentioned that too. Uh, La Piscine. Mm. Oh, and shit. And yeah. Baltazar. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, would, I would highly vouch for Cleo five to seven, but I don't think you, get, y'all, you guys have seen that one, but that's... Nope. That's one of Agnes Varda's best films. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I, I want to fight for one of mine, though, real quick. Uh, okay. But no, not even fight. Just bring up The Apartment or Women in the Dunes, because I feel like I would really mm. like one of those to make it. So, like, which one? My vote is Women in the Dunes, because I haven't seen The Apartment. I haven't seen either. Carlos you know said what? The Apartment, right? I, I did say The Apartment, but since... Blair has seen Woman in the Dunes and loves it. I, I think we should go with that because I also do really like that movie. Nice. Okay. Cool. We'll keep it with the really dark uh, movies on our list so far. <laughs> uh, uh, so we got one spot left. Damn. Hmm. Shit. So um, the other ones were uh, shit. Eyes Without a Face, Cremator, Battle of Algiers, The Hero, I feel oh, like that's Cremator is probably most deserving. Yeah, I feel like the Cremator's yeah, got Cremator, dude. One. That's that's really got to be the one, right? Even yeah, this is the darkest list for a top ten. But I, I, <laughs> like, I feel like Umbre- if I'd seen Umbrellas of Cherbourg, I feel like it might have had a chance. My other one was West Side Story, but I knew that was. Oh uh, yeah, one. I love that film too, man. I really do. I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> Battle of Algiers, and like I would, I would heavily consider throwing that in there, but I. I, I, yeah. I think cre- the cremators might be I enjoy more so yeah same here all right all right so I'll read the top 10 and if you have if we have any objections we can go back and and go through it but uh number 10 is Virginia Wolf 
10 through 6 are all of our for sure for sure's or uh our top yeah, our, our number 1 yeah our number ones yeah Virginia Woolf at number 10 uh, number 9 is 2001 number 8's Rosemary's Baby 7's Alhazal Baltazar 6 is Daisies uh 5 is Persona 4 is Harakiri 3 is The Naked Island uh 2 is Woman in the Dunes and 1 is The Cremator this is unranked but that's the that's how I wrote them down. Um, nice. Three Japanese films in a row. You got Harakiri, Woman in the Dunes. Um, so the Naked Island. So like, yeah, yeah. if we were to rank these films objectively, how would we do them? That's what I was going to say. I think that'd be fun. Um, like, I think it'd be funner if we like try to rank them, trying to put our bias aside as much as possible. Sure. Let me get if, some- we, if, if we put our bias in it, it's just, this is going to be chaos and like, <laughs> It's not gonna be shit gonna be done. <laughs> well, just go ahead and put 2001 at number one. That's, that's fine. That, that's that's I, fine. I think Persona is a better film, but objectively, oh, oh, I'm fighting for that number two spot with Persona. <laughs> uh, I my relationship with Persona is very troubled. Oh, damn. <laughs> I've okay. seen it once, high as hell, didn't understand what the fuck was going on, didn't really get the appeal of the how revolutionary it was but after this conversation i will rewatch it and probably regret not vouching for it uh, that's <laughs> all right i have yeah. the, I have the okay. fucking box set but i have, don't like personally <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a it's a pretty short movie so it won't be like that yeah. much wasted your time to rewatch it i mean shit my favorite bergman is the fucking television version of scenes from a marriage so like <laughs> damn yeah but okay I, I'll, that, I'll try it again so that 2001's number one persona number two I say that's fair. That's fair. If we're going objectively, objective speak. Yeah, objectively um, speaking. I know you guys haven't seen Harakiri, but I feel like that might be objectively number three. But oh my god, yeah, I've heard amazing things about it. I've heard amazing things. Okay, so Harakiri number three. Sure. (laughs) Um, Based on based on our (laughs) word. Um, (laughs) Now it gets tough because like Virginia Woolf only rye has seen but i i actually know carlos you saw it too sorry Mm -hmm. but i feel like that could be pretty high up at least in like the top you know seven through four area i guess um there's there's other movies though i mean (laughs) i think virginia wolf is probably gonna have to go near the bottom of the list (laughs) i mean we're being objective only try to be objective (laughs) only because (laughs) Y'all the 10 have, Oscars um, is an objective, Carlos. Yeah, I was going to say, he like, he flexed on us with the awards. So. Well, it's only because, Jake, you haven't seen it, have you? Or have you? No, I have not. And no, Blair hasn't I'm, seen it. I have not seen it. No. That was literally the only reason. It's just like, oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just fucking with you. No, yeah, yeah. No. What about, uh, shit. It's getting complicated. I think Rosemary's Baby should be number four. Yeah, yeah, it should be high. Just my yeah, yeah, personal. Yeah. Well, no, it's my. I'm opinion. just tempted not to <laughs> give Polanski that much credit, but you gotta. I mean, you gotta I mean, be objective, right? No, I'm no, giving fair. the credit to the bitch that wrote the book that it's yeah. based on, not him. We all okay. give it tens except Carlos. So Carlos is like the the yeah, one. I, I was gonna say it. I'm the only one that doesn't think even like objectively it's like the best thing since sliced bread, but. <laughs> <laughs> but My it's bread? fine. If you, <laughs> but I mean, if y'all, I mean, if y'all agree, all agree that it's three. No, no, one, no. I'm, I'm, with, I'm more with you, Carlos. So I don't think. Bleh. I wouldn't put in the top Bleh. five personally. Bleh. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry, I'm, so, I'm not being honest. I'm trying to be objective. 
I think right. Woman in the Dunes and like Daisies are better movies, but I would yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Y'all picking flowers over the devil, shady. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I nah, shit. It's getting hard. <laughs> it's hard not to be subjective in this fucking ranking. Yeah. But I just haven't seen Daisies, so like I can't vouch. Well, what we got s- left? We have we have the cremator and we got cremator woman and, and, in the dunes, the, the naked island. Naked Both is all right. <laughs> the only other film Wait, that I've seen, seen it, Carlos. I don't know what to say about that one. The, the Naked Island scene is Naked Island. <laughs> okay, I feel so... like either Cremator or or Woman in the Dunes deserves the four spot. That's just my. That's opinion. what I was saying. Yeah. Do you guys I'm... think the Naked Island's better? Mm, I no. do. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I do. What about number four, Cremator? Number five, The Naked Island. That's well, still, look. That's... I, I'm willing to concede if you we can do number f- four, cremator and number. You five. love the cremator, yeah. I love it, yeah. We could do number four, cremator, number five, uh, woman in the dunes. Even though I, I think I think the naked island is better, I can see why objectively. No, I was saying like you could do number five, woman, uh, naked island, and then six, woman in the dunes. I'd be okay with that. Okay, I'm, t- sure. I'm totally fine with that. Because yeah, I feel like you're you're fighting heavy for your man Shindo, so. <laughs> okay, so then number six is Woman in the Dunes. Um, so what we got left is Rosemary's Baby, Virginia Wolf, Daisies, and what was the other one? Baltazar. Okay, I would say probably Rosemary's maybe next. Cause... All right, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, yeah, for one's getting fucked right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's I would put, on y'all that's on that, y'all i've seen it you would seen would, what oh, go ahead no i was gonna say i would put uh virginia wolf over balthazar hey that's my boy <laughs> blair fight fight with me against this heresy. well the thing is i i think <laughs> balthazar is a like a solid eight it could go up but i do love the movie a lot so. All right. Yeah, I can't fight against that. <laughs> Virginia Woolf is number eight. And then now, what's left? Daisies and uh, Baltazar. My my picks. <laughs> well, 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 Daisy's my number two. Well, actually, or I would three. put that was my would, number two too. I would put Daisies above Virginia Woolf. You would? Yeah. Okay. Okay. See that? That now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cross out some things. I would put I would I would do Daisies, Virginia Wolf, and then Balthazar. But I don't know how y'all feel about I th- I would agree. I'm, with I'm that. fine with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> wait, so wait, you said Daisies, Virginia Wolf, and Balthazar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty alone on the Balthazar Island, so I'll I just haven't seen it. I, I do love it. I just don't think it's like among the best, in my opinion. A lot a lot of people in the Discord loved it. I might, I just it might think be of it as the uh, little souffle movie because it used to meme about it. Well, <laughs> yeah. me, well, me and souffle used to meme about it. We we used to be like the only people who have seen it, and we would just say it's a really good movie, but it's boring as fuck. But I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> oh my god! I no, 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 no. cut out as soon as you said boring as fuck. I was like, I can't. No, no, <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's really no. Not. I think objectively it's number ten, but like personally, it hit me in such a place that I like mm-hmm. I had to fight for it. So I want to see it now. But like before, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's still bias against the donkey pictures, aren't there? Well, I, I love I, I love donkey movies. Donkey. I haven't seen EO yet. I haven't seen EO yet either. Oh, either. oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck? 
I'll probably blind by the Criterion because I, I could have Baltazar and EO next to each other. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then Donkey's. The, the sequel to, skin, to Baltazar. Yeah. And Triangle of Sadness. Yes. Which I walked out <laughs> of. Hot take. <laughs> Wait, you walked out of Triangle of Sadness? I surely did. I drove, I went into an Uber that was $30, went all the way to the Alamo Draft House, and then 30 minutes in said, Wow. <laughs> you blew like 50 bucks or something there. I certainly did. I was mad as a- I respect that. Because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, so I agree with you. Dude, Dude I, I fucking I fucking love that movie. And like after after watching it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to watch this with Jen. I feel like she's gonna love it. Then I watched it with her and she was like, eh. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I, I was hate- raving about it so much. And I I mean I still love the movie to death. So, yeah, same here. I, I need to finish it. it. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> what, what part did you walk out of? Like when they're on the boat? Uh, this was like ten minutes in to them being on the boat. <laughs> I was like, I got over thinking the guy was hot, and then I was just uninvested. <laughs> like, I was like, like, I am not vibing with this. I'm not vibing with this. <laughs> I've just never vibed with Ruben Osland as a director as much at all. So I'm just like, he's never struck a chord with me yet. So maybe I gotta. I've never seen the square. I gotta see that. I hate. I've the always squares. thought the square looked interesting. <laughs> the square. I can't wait hor- to watch this horrendous oh picture. Oh my damn! God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like I'm gonna love it. Honestly, I don't <laughs> even. I even if you love Triangle of Sadness, I could never vouch for the square. It's like oh, one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. Have you ever seen Uncle Boon Me? This is this <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> just kidding. I, I haven't seen Uncle I'm just, I'm just memeing on it. Okay. It won the palm, but like there, I feel like a lot of palm choices were Don't bad, including Boone. Triangle of Sadness should not have won the palm, in my opinion. So did but Uncle Boon Me. Uncle Boon Me. Yeah. What, did it I, be, what did it beat that year? Something <laughs> more boring, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, damn. I've um, never seen just fucking around. I I, I want to see Uncle Boomy. I really loved Memoria. I thought that was great. They're they're pretty different. Um, I I'd see Uncle Boomy's probably even slower than Memoria. So, try. Have uh, you seen tro- Tropical Malady? No. That that film's incredible, in my opinion. It is slow, slow cinema though. Yeah, it's, I, a picture pong just seems to be fucking slow cinema. But I I I like Memoria. I don't love it but me i neither. do love uncle boon me like a lot so. i really really liked it too it's it, you got you really got to test your patience though with that director for sure memoria and boomy both have bra moments <laughs> like big bra moments <laughs> dude my theater cheered at that moment in memoria i haven't even seen it but it was spoiled like to death in the discord so now i know exactly what it is <laughs> yeah it's pretty i don't even fucking know dude it's like a troll. It's like a big troll on the audience, kind of. Well, well, the Boon Me one I actually like love. Like I love, but the Memorial one is, oh, yeah, it's it's something. Yeah. What's your guys's like favorite Palm Door winner that you can think of in the oh, past God. few years? I have a list. Let me see. Yeah. Can well, you name? I'm actually blanking on a few. Like past few years. Well, like any any really. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, Teton's pretty great. Yeah, Teton. Teton's incredible. I love Parasite, obviously. Dance in the dark. Oh, oh shit. I, that one, the palm. Oh yep, yeah. Yeah. Did did it uh 
Secrets and Lies win the palm. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's my favorite, probably. Yeah, I was gonna say my top two I have are four months, three weeks, two days. Oh shit. And and secrets and lies. I mean, Tree of Life also won. Yeah, that's my number three. Tree of Life won too. Wow. Taste of Cherry. Yep. The Taste of Perry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's there's also uh, some good ones. Elephant and Amor. Yeah, yeah, Amor is good. Dancer in the Dark. Yeah. Paris, okay. Texas, dude. Paris, Texas. I know it's not recent, great. but. The older ones are like fantastic. I know, like, all but that jazz should have won. But... Apocal- no, it won. I thought Apocalypse Now won. I'm, I'm reading a list and it says both all the jazz and Apocalypse Now are on there. What the fuck? Yeah. That's uh, amazing. 79, 180. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh. I don't know. This list I... is trolling me. Sorry. No, I think there's two winners that year. I think you're right. I think, uh, I mean, I don't know how anybody else feels about this, but Barton Fink won the Palm Door, and that's an amazing movie, too. I love that film. That's Ever wild seen- that that won. That's awesome. Yeah. It's still Obviously. wild to me that fucking Wild at Heart won. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a wild pick. Yeah. Um, not my favorite, but I, Daniel Blake, is, is incredible. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ken Loach has won a few palms. I think he won for like the wind that shakes the barley. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Same, same with like the, I don't know if you guys know with the Darden brothers, but they've won a few. Oh shit! Yeah, really? Rosetta. Rosetta. Rosetta Maybe just that one. Actually, I could be wrong. Um, no, uh, the child. Also oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By Darden. I love, I love the Sonic Darden East brothers. One. The child oh. with the bike. Yeah, white <laughs> ribbon. I was actually gonna watch our white rewatch right. White ribbon. White suit. ribbon. Sorry. That's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a tongue, it was a tongue twister. It was a tongue twister for sure. Yeah. We we watch white women. We watch <laughs> white women. That's like saying uh, we watch white women. <laughs> <laughs> a little indie gem, Pulp Fiction. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hardly, hardly anybody's ever heard of it. Yeah, I haven't heard of it even. Blue is the warmest <laughs> color, spelled with O U R, because you know it's fancy. I I love. <laughs> That's a great film. I know that was like huge controversy when that won the palm, I think. First French film I ever watched in first criterion. It's my first criterion too. Yep. Yep. I love that film too. I I haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it in over a decade. It's always like, it's always so much cheaper than the other criterions. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. It's like, (laughs) it's like when it's on sale, it's always like eight, like $15 versus 20. (laughs) That's weird. I think because I was like, get this icky ass movie out of my store. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone that works at Barnes and Noble is like super homophobic and like, I don't want this. In the- <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, there's 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 a lot of when it when I go down more, there's like a lot of these movies I admittedly have not heard of. Yeah, I haven't even heard of a lot of these. Fucking Mash won the Palm Door. That's stupid. <laughs> is fucking trash, bro. I know, and I, I'm the biggest Robert Altman fan you'll find, and that movie is not good. There, there's <laughs> a there's an Australian who might you know be beat you there. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, Whatever. and, Ma- and Mash is what <laughs> put him on the map too. Like, it Mash is was like yeah. a, his big hit. But then you go it's to like based on the, only because it's based on the TV show. Let's like, yeah, I never seen I, it. But I love the show. Sound, that sounds accurate. I think the show is based on the movie. I thought. Oh wait, you're so right. Because the movie was a big hit, right? Yeah. And, but then you go no to idea. Altman's like the king of the 70s, if you look at it. But like, 
that is not like what encompasses Altman's work and like three women in Nashville and all and like so many masterpieces in the seventies. Long goodbye. That's spoiling the seventies episode. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's gonna be so hard to pick an Altman and a Coppola and a Kubrick. Oh my god, seventies is gonna be fucking chaos. <laughs> it is, but the thing is, like, there are picks that me and Perry are like both gonna fight for. So I feel like I don't know if I should just like fucking delete some since I know Perry's <laughs> gonna grab them. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking for this episode, actually, because I knew Blair, you would pick Daisies, but I still put it on because I was uh, like, gotcha. And I thought for some reason you'd put Baltazar, but I was I was incorrect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh shit! I should yeah. probably read. I should probably read our top ten list. I never read it out loud for the for the <laughs> okay. graphic. Um, uh, number ten is Baltazar. Uh, number nine is Virginia Woolf. Number eight is Daisies. Number seven is Rosemary's Baby. Number six is Woman in the Dunes. Number five is The Naked Island. Number four is The Cremator. Number three is Harakiri. Two is Persona. One is a little film called Two Thousand One: <laughs> The Year We Made Contact. <laughs> yeah, directed by. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Stanley Stanley Rubik's Cube. <laughs> so melt your brain in half. Yeah. Dude, um, fucking that's a that's a pretty damn good list if I don't say so myself. I think it's I'll a very it. good list. Yeah, I really I, like it. From all the films I've seen, I pretty much love all of them. And the ones that I haven't seen, I like I'm dying to watch. So I think it's a great granted. And we got a lot of Japanese and like foreign films on here. So yeah, that's like, awesome. Uh, like you got some like popular obvious ones that should be on there, and then you got like some gems sprinkled out through that list. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. I yeah. feel like Daisies and like the Cremator wouldn't be on a lot of people's lists, yeah. or the Naked Island even. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Is Shindo gonna come back in the seventies? Is there another? Uh, is he gonna have a renaissance? Actually, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe Perry, was... Perry will pull out one that's like no one has seen. <laughs> like the 70s <laughs> yeah i haven't seen any of shindo's work outside the 60s i don't i don't even know if he made any 70s films yeah yeah you always hear about the big three he's like a a three-hit wonder yeah as they say <laughs> the holy trinity the holy yeah. trinity <laughs> um anyway yeah i guess i guess that wraps it up that's the list and thank you all for doing this it was a blast once again hell yeah um Hell yeah. Um, I guess I guess plug time. Rye, thank you so much for coming on. Like, what do you want to plug? Like your letterboxed or anything like that? You, you... Sure. Uh my letterbox for subpar reviews, my letterbox is <laughs> uh my full name, because I like to dox myself on the internet. Um, <laughs> Ryan Oliveira three. That's me on letterbox. Go follow Rye. Uh Go. Blair, anything you wanna throw out into the world? Just uh, my letterbox as well. It's a uh, melancholia underscore exactly just that. No, uh, no, uh, no, you know, <laughs> weird ways of spelling it, whatever. <laughs> Director Lars von Trier. Um, I have no idea why I chose that name, but whatever. <laughs> so it's a great movie. So, yeah, it is a great movie, but it's a, it's a weird name. <laughs> and Carlos, of course, you know. You you know who he is if you've watched this whole podcast Ooh, before. I just met this. Who man. is this fucking guy? Fuck actually, is... <laughs> Join I certainly the Discord. haven't known him all my whole life. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Your cousin, your cousin from childhood. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> five five dollars a month on Patreon. Join the Discord. It's a blast. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, we definitely got, join the Discord. All, all all three of these wonderful people that are part of the Discord, and they all, they love it. I would say, I do. I rated a half star on Yelp. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I love it. Oh, we should we should make like a Yelp for the Discord and people <laughs> like Google reviews for oh, the Mr. Pond. <laughs> I also want to say, Carlos, like congratulations for getting into another film festival. Oh, hell yeah, thank you. Yes, so, sir. Um, thank if you, you want to, I don't know if you want to plug that at all or like talk about the festival coming up. I mean, first of all, yeah, this is the second film festival that my short horror film Solita has got selected into. Um, really excited to see what the future is with that film and how many film festivals it'll get into. Um, but yeah, um, it just got done playing at the Renegade Film Festival uh, at the beginning of March, and that was an awesome experience. Got to meet people from everywhere. I got to, pe- I got to meet people from like LA. Like a, a bunch of people like flew out there just to go to the festival, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the one coming up is called the Georgia Shorts Film Festival. Um, that's happening May fourteenth, I believe, on a Sunday. I don't know which block it's playing in, but like. Um, as soon as I know, I'll like post on YouTube and other places, but yeah, it's going to be playing during one of the blocks it's, and it's not even a horror film. I think this is the first film festival that I'm a part of that isn't just strictly like a horror film festival because the, oh, the, nice. the, the, Ren- the renegade film festival that technically wasn't like strictly a horror, but it pretty much was like, it was mostly kind of like violent, weird slash horror movies. Um, but this one, like is a film festival that includes like all kinds of genres like fucking drama comedy horror sci-fi everything um yeah. so that's, that's pretty cool um but yeah thanks i appreciate it i'm looking forward to the experience it's 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 a pretty wild experience let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> to see your I, film like being screened like on a big screen like that in front of everybody like reacting to it and then like coming up afterwards to talk to you about your movie is kind of surreal that's crazy absolutely yeah. i've had the pleasure of having shorts that i've Wrote and worked on screened at a festival and then you do like a i think i saw you were doing like a little q and a and stuff yeah. and it's i i've related to that so heavily where you just you get up there and you're like oh shit there's like a whole crowd of people that just watch my work and yeah it's always pretty surreal so yeah it's it's a fun time it's it's exciting that you're doing all these like festival runs so um yeah and if you want to support carlos with that I, I think it's linked on your channel right like you could find the the link yeah. to the fest the, the short and all that stuff i think yeah yeah, right now it's still it's still public on my channel. I'm probably gonna take it down in the next like two or three weeks. Um, but like I usually just like temporarily take it down for like a month, and you know, just depending on me waiting for what festivals say about my movie. Um, but yeah, right now it's open. So if you just go to my channel, or if you just go on the on the YouTube tab and type in uh solita horror films at the first thing they come up. But if you don't do that, I have a playlist on my channel where it's like all my short films. I have four on that playlist uh yeah go check it out leave me a comment leave me some feedback let me know what you think but um yeah absolutely um Ryan, thank you for coming on as a guest you were really really well spoken and hilarious i'll definitely have you back as a guest (laughs) i appreciate it and thanks for having me absolutely and carlos and blair as always thank you guys for for doing this and i can i honestly cannot wait to do the the 70s i'm already having like anxiety about what the fuck i'm gonna put <laughs> in the top five i know i know blair you said you already did it and i'm like man i, I, I mean it's gonna it's gonna change honestly i'm gonna revis- <laughs> revisit it yeah having having those second thoughts before it happens um 
And I, okay, real quick, I got to plug for the Cinnabums, actually. Uh, our new website is live. If you go to cinnabums.com, we are posting all of our content there, but we're also trying to do more like written work, like blogs and like funny blogs about film. So if you're a writer out there and you want to like write any spots for our blog, definitely let me know. Um, and if you want to share any of your work on there, like we, we're trying to share like short films and other podcasts on there and, you know, share the love while you film lovers out there. <clears throat> and of course, look out for these upcoming episodes of the decade list. Uh, we got the seventies coming out soon ish, you know, within the next two weeks, few weeks, <laughs> you'll, you'll see that. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcasts. Um, Try to try to watch us more on YouTube. You know, we're we're new to YouTube. We we've been up on Apple Podcasts for so long, um, but we 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 want more subscribers on YouTube. So definitely definitely subscribe there before you go to Apple Podcasts. Um, we like it on YouTube. It's comfortable. Um, <laughs> Carlos knows that it's a it's a nice place to be sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening and have have a great St. Patty's Day. Even though. We are we are recording this and you will not that doesn't make sense. Please <laughs> <laughs> forget that it doesn't go out the, the same fucking day. Whatever. Have a oh, have a good have a good life. Have people. a have a day. Get out of here. Have a day. I can't I can't be nice without fucking up. <laughs> <All right. laughs>